they always have those bachelor casting things where they're like, do you know someone who's looking for love? You can submit here. And I'm sitting there like, well, I fucking tried. I was trying to be at the, what's the name place called in Pennsylvania? The peanut. The Nema colon. I was going to say the peanut colon. The colon. The new my colon. I'm not like trying to like rag on you at all, but I'm just saying that like, if I had applied to be on that James season of The Bachelor and I found out that Victoria was cast above me. I was so furious. You should write a letter to Congress. They don't have other things going on. Hi, Emily. Hi, Kayla. Happy New Year, bitch. We're back. Happy New Year. Here we are again. So soon. So soon after well, last season. We're only four days into the new year, and it's already been kind of bad, which I'm choosing to see as like a 2020 hangover. Yeah, it's like basically I'm still violently hungover from 2020. And so once I'm like sober and not vomiting, then I it'll be 2021 and we can like move on with our lives. Speaking of sobriety, I didn't drink for last night's episode of The Bachelor, which was a new sensation for me. And it's because I'm doing the whole 30, which was inspired by our producer, Tara. So she's simultaneously my most favorite and least favorite person on earth because I was sober for last night's premiere, which I can't tell if I enjoyed it more or less. I think less. It's like you need something to numb some of the bullshit, you know? It wasn't fun, but I'm going to do the first four episodes like that. And maybe by the end, I won't want to kill myself. Stay tuned. So last night's episode, we meet the one, the only incomparable sweet baby angel, Matt James. The Matchelor, everyone. I have been saying that for three days straight and everybody's over it at this point, but it's the Matchelor. I don't think we've ever had a bachelor named Matt before, which is crazy because every other guy's in the world's name is Matt. So it's like, how did they swing this? They have a Matt that doesn't play the guitar. I didn't know those existed. Yeah, we meet Matt James. It's very overwhelming. He's never been on a show in the franchise before. So this is our first time really experiencing that. That's how it used to be. Like the whole point of the show used to be that it was just like an eligible man in America that wasn't famous because it was before Instagram. And so nobody cared about like brand deals and they were just normal people that came on the show. And Matt James is not a normal guy. Um, some of the history here that we'll, we'll touch on is that he is the best friend of Tyler Cameron, who was the runner up of Hannah Brown season. And that's kind of how Matt James came onto the Bachelor Nation radar was basically just being on Tyler C's social media. And then everybody loved him because he's so hot and also a really nice guy, apparently. And definitely, I would say the most eligible Bachelor in America. Absolutely. And he was supposed to be on Claire's season, but then they ended up announcing him as the Bachelor. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I don't know if we remember this tea, but it was my favorite tea ever. So... He got announced that he was on Claire's season. Now, Matt James was already kind of famous because of Tyler C. People knew who he was. So Matt James was on Cameo, which for those of you who don't know what Cameo is, it's basically a website where you can pay X amount of dollars to get a video sent to you by like Z-list celebrities, but basically just the cast of Real Housewives and The Bachelor. But Matt James was on Cameo with Tyler C. And they were donating all of the money from their cameos to ABC Food Tours, which is the company that they started that Matt talks about in the premiere that's a nonprofit to help mostly homeless children in, in New York City. So anyways, he's on Cameo. He's doing it. He's making the money. He's donating it to charity. 
And this is where the infamous Claire Crawley tweets come from, where she was like, it's come to my attention that men on my season are already on Cameo, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, this is an opportunity. Like this shows me that you're not here for me. Like this, that, and the other thing, literally subtweeting the shit out of Matt James and being like, you need to respect the quote, respect the opportunity you've been given as she goes on the bachelorette, meets a guy in two weeks and leaves. I just thought I would touch on it because Matt James was literally donating all the money to his charity. And she was like, this is evil. And it was like a business he already had. And he already was famous because of Tyler Cameron. Like it's not about you, Claire. (laughs) Right. The thing that was just the kicker was respect the opportunity you've been given. And I was like, what about respect your kajillion dollar contract to be the bachelorette, Claire? You know, our first episode of last season was called Not to Shit on Claire. And I think the first episode of this season is also going to be called Not to Shit on Claire. (laughs) So there was all this turmoil with Matt becoming the bachelor. He was supposed to be on Claire's season. As we know, the bachelor is a very white franchise and has been historically and we've never had a black bachelor before basically the bachelor was getting a lot a lot a lot of shit there were petitions everyone was really mad rightfully especially the peak of the anger was last season when pilot pete got announced as the bachelor because mike johnson had also been on hannah brown's season would have been a great bachelor nobody asked for pilot pete and they were like oh you guys want mike johnson here's another white man and pete was the worst like the worst bachelor ever too. Well, they were really proudly boasting last night on the show. They were like 25 seasons of the bachelor. And then like five minutes later, they were like, as our first black bachelor, I'm like, y'all shouldn't be proud that it's been 25 seasons and we're on the first black bachelor. So embarrassing. So embarrassing. So they got all this backlash. So we, we were like, oh, maybe Mike will actually get his chance to be the bachelor. And then they were like, okay, instead of Matt James going on Claire's season, he's going to be the bachelor, even though he's never been on the show before. And we were all like, okay, like everyone was fine with it. Cause he's hot. I do feel for Mike because I love Mike Johnson. I do want to call back to that time when Matt James was announced though, because it actually was kind of tumultuous because everyone was happy to have a black bachelor. Yes. But they they chose, this was a very strategic move. They chose to announce Matt James as The Bachelor right as the thick of all the George Floyd protests and all of that was happening. And Rachel Lindsay, our queen, Big Rach, love her so much, on her podcast, Bachelor Happy Hour, she basically said, like, am I happy to have a Black Bachelor? Of course. Am I happy? Because at this point, Tasha had not been announced or anything like that. Rachel was like, am I happy to no longer be the only Black lead this franchise has ever had? Of course. But at the same time, it did sort of feel like The Bachelor was capitalizing on the political movement of that was occurring during May and June. And it did feel very strategic, especially because he's not somebody that's been on the show before. It felt like The Bachelor was just looking at everything that was going on and was like, oh, 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 scramble, Black Bachelor, Black Bachelor, Matt James. It would have felt the same, you know, it would have felt similar if they had picked Mike Johnson because it was like, you're choosing this at such a tumultuous time and it seems like you're just baiting but at least Mike had been on the show like Matt hadn't been on the show at all and like yes he, he had like some level of fame but it was just a very like very strategic move on their part and I think the bigger problem is too is usually the bachelor is not announced until like September like when they're about to go start filming so it and they chose to announce it like during the two-week period that these protests were really at their height all that being said nobody doubted that Matt James would be an amazing bachelor like he's gonna be incredible 
this is more of a critique on the franchise itself for choosing to announce it when they did. That being said, Matt James is the dream man. It's only been one episode and I already think that these are the luckiest women alive just because they've gotten to meet him. That's all I have to say about that. I mean, they did like a whole segment on him in the beginning, which they always do, but I feel like this one was really important because we don't know a whole lot about Matt. And he just talks about like his values. He talks about his mom. He has like a little sit down moment with his mom. He's wearing turtlenecks the whole time. Shout out Brendan. Like, thank you for styling Matt during all of his um, behind the scenes moment. They just shipped Brendan's suitcase from the La Quinta on over to Pennsylvania. Yeah, he's wearing turtlenecks and little sweaters. It's like very cute. He talks to his mom. His mom is like a beautiful little angel. Clearly family is very important to him. This is really important to him. His faith is very important to him, which I think is interesting because a lot of people who are newer to watching the franchise don't realize that The Bachelor at its start is actually very rooted in Christianity. Like in its early seasons, like fantasy suites were not really a thing. Or if they were, they're not as hyped as they are now as being this like sexual thing. Like, I mean, almost all the contestants in early seasons of The Bachelor were very rooted in faith. You still kind of see it a little bit. Like certain contestants will make a point to talk about their religion a lot, but I know that it's kind of a trashy franchise now, so people don't realize it, but the roots of The Bachelor are very Christian-based. Matt coming and kind of bringing that element back. I am not a particularly religious person, but I, I can appreciate how vocal he was about his religion. There are really religious contestants that sometimes get edited to be less religious to fit the current narrative of the show. Or it gets mocked. Like Colton was super religious and he was, I mean, his entire season was a joke about him saving himself for marriage. So I appreciate that Matt is is religious and they're not making a mockery out of it. So he talked about his religion. He talked about like his upbringing with his parents. His parents separated when he was young and he was raised by his mom. So they're very close. And he talks about being a black man and how that has affected him and how being a child of an interracial relationship has affected him and his upbringing. He talks to Chris Harrison about like understanding now that he's the, the first black bachelor, like what that'll look like. It just felt real. Nothing on this franchise is real, but it felt very real, very like, okay, we have like a good view of who Matt is. I just want to stop and comment on the Chris Harrison conversation for a second. We all know that Chris Harrison is one of few men that I trust. This is not a read on Chris Harrison. However, Chris Harrison has been the figurehead of the most white franchise on television for 25 seasons. And they have Matt James, a proud black man, asking Chris Harrison what it means to be the first black bachelor, which couldn't have made less sense. It should have been Chris Harrison asking Matt what it means to be the first black bachelor. That made absolutely no sense to me. I didn't like it. And it actually, even though I love Chris Harrison, it actually felt very out of touch for me. I would have loved a conversation between Rachel Lindsay and Matt James. I would have loved a conversation between Tasha and Matt James. Matt James and even like not elite, even Mike Johnson, even like any, like Riley or Ivan from last season, like, a conversation with anyone. It was so weird that it was Chris Harrison. <laughs> it was very, it was very out of touch to me. And I didn't, I did not like it. But that being said, something that was glaringly missing from Matt James intro package that I thought that they were going to touch on is the fact that the only reason Matt James ever came onto Bachelor Nation's radar is because he's Tyler Cameron's best friend. And that never came up, which was shocking to me. I mean, literally how else would we know who Matt James is? We wouldn't. Like we know, cause we're young and on Instagram and we see Tyler Cameron's Instagram, but like there are older people who watch the franchise who aren't on Instagram. They wouldn't have any idea where, where Matt James, like where they found him, where he came from, how he came about in Bachelor Nation. Right. And also Tyler C is one of the greatest like darlings and success stories 
series of Bachelor Nation. Like he's not just friends with a nobody in Bachelor Nation. Like he's friends with like Bachelor royalty. So, and also he's friends with Hannah Brown now by proximity to to Tyler Cameron. So it just felt, I don't know if they're trying to make Matt stand on his own and that's why they didn't bring it up, but it felt, I I fully expected there to be a whole cute montage of pictures of Matt James and Tyler Cameron. And it just didn't happen, which is fine because Matt James is wonderful on his own. It was just surprising to me. But he did say something really beautiful that I wrote down when he was talking to his mom. And and it sounds, it's going to sound canned and like a platitude when I say it, but it sounded absolutely beautiful when he said it. He was talking to his mom and his mom was asking him why he's been so reserved about being in relationships and whatever. And he said that he's always been waiting for the perfect time and the perfect way and the perfect person. And his mom says, well, what made you change your mind? And he said, 2020, the world that we're living in, like nothing is guaranteed. And he says, the perfect love story is your love story. And the perfect life is the one that you're living. And again, it sounds like a platitude when I say it, but the way that he said it was so earnest and sincere. And I think that's the way a lot of people have been feeling this year in terms of like, you know, I know so many girls that have gotten engaged and were planning weddings this year and they were planning these monstrous weddings and it was going to be this huge ordeal. And they just ended up getting married with their parents and their grandparents and their friends. And that's it because 2020 is kind of making everybody realize what matters and that, you you know, your love story is what matters, not necessarily the 200 people you were going to invite to your wedding. So I thought that that definitely really resonated with me. And it's also important, like he talked about how he's never like really been in love. And that's important too, because people who have never been in love on this franchise get like shit on. Like Hannah Ann last season, Peter was like, she's never been in love. That's a big red flag for me. And it's like, why? Like people who have never been in love are still worthy of love. They're still worthy of finding love. I'm totally the opposite. When I found out my partner had never had a girlfriend before me, I was like, perfect. There's no one for me to stalk on Instagram and feel jealous of. (laughs) That's my dream. (laughs) Right? I'm like, that sounds great. It's so annoying the way people act. I'm like, who cares? Oh my God, Lamos. I wish I've never been in love. Jesus Christ. These people are idiots because if they were smart, they would know that you want to be with someone who's never been in love because you can convince that person that the shit you do is normal. Like they have no prior experience. They're moldable. And that's That's personally a benefit to me. I'm the ideal mate, actually. So it is time for the much-awaited, much-teased Don't Insult My Intelligence podcast. First giveaway! Woo! So basically, I know that we touched on this last episode, but there are not going to be multiple winners. There's going to be one lucky winner that is going to receive this entire bundle that we are about to tell you about right now. So Emily, what's first? The first item we have is a pair of Picasso earrings from Button Rings and Things Co., a handmade jewelry store based in Lexington, Kentucky. These earrings are amazing. I have a pair myself. I'm obsessed. If you go to her Instagram, at Button Rings and Things, you will be able to see 
kind of what they'll look like. They're gorgeous. So the next thing is going to be from Pin and Tonic Craft Company, which is handmade pop culture cross-stitch designs by my friend Kayla. You'll be receiving the exact same one that Kayla was kind enough to gift us a few weeks back that we posted on our Instagram. And she had another one. So we're really excited to give it away to one of you guys. It says, keep calm, drink wine, and watch The Bachelor, and has the cutest little cross-stitch red wine glass on it. The third thing we have is one soy-based wax candle from Ren House Atelier candle company based here in Sandy Hook, Connecticut, where Kayla and I are also based. Their candles are amazing. I literally burn them all day long. I'm burning one right now. So you do not want to miss out on this. We also have From Whole Lot of Love, which we featured a few weeks back, which is run by my friend Emily. It is an Etsy shop that creates accessories for you and your dogs, such as bandanas, totes, and koozies. The final item we have is from Recycled, a thrift account based on Instagram. Kelsey is going to offer one mystery item tailored to whoever our lucky winner is. It will reflect their personal style. So it's really exciting and very personal. We are really excited about this, you guys. And stay tuned until later in the episode because we are going to go over the rules of the giveaway. There's just a few simple rules to follow and then you can be eligible to win this awesome giveaway. All right, so now we're going to talk about the girls and their limo entrances. So typically what we've seen in the past with limo entrances is that the first person out of the limo is usually somebody that producers think is a contender. Even though they have never met Matt before or any of the Bachelor Bachelorettes, usually the first person out of the limo is not a gimmick. They're not doing anything crazy. They're somebody who legitimately is a contender. And we saw that here with Brie. Um, he definitely was into Brie right off the bat. She's gorgeous. She didn't have a corny line. She basically just said she was excited to meet him. And he was like, wow. So he had connections with the first three, which were Brie, Rachel, who was the total sweetheart that like literally was going to have a nervous breakdown because he prayed over everybody. I just like know that me and Emily have similar taste. And I know that we're going to have the two same girl crushes this season. And one of them was Chelsea, the runway model. Sickening. I was geeked. I was like, I literally tweeted last night, like, at the end of the episode, I was like, Chelsea Nation, please rise. Like, we are Chelsea stands in this house. She is gorgeous, amazing, beautiful, great personality. What do, what can't she do? She's perfect. And then she goes, starts to walk up the stairs, and Matt James looks directly at the camera and says, she is wearing that dress. And I was like, yes, she is. <sighs> yes, I was she is. That dress was not wearing her. She was wearing that dress. She was so stunning. And he's really tall. And it just proved how tall she is because like they were like, like very similar height. I was like, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with her. Final rose. Chelsea's my pick. Chelsea's my final rose. <laughs> Chelsea, call me. I know because we have similar taste. I'm going to go ahead and assume that your other girl crush is the same as my other girl crush, MJ. Yes. I loved her. Stunning. Gorgeous. Love her hair. I love how she seems um, normal because (laughs) so too often people come on the show and you're like, something weird (laughs) is happening. She brought her pizza. She like has her curl, like her natural hair. Like I just was like very here for her vibe. I loved that she was awkward getting out of the limo and couldn't open the door. Like it all felt very genuine because see, there's, there's two types of contestants on the show. There's The like sweet, like really nice, like Rachel's, Abigail's that you're like, oh yeah, I could see the male lead loving them. Those are not particularly my taste in female bachelorette 
are female bachelor contestants. Um, mine are the the Chelsea's, the MJ's, like, holy shit, so beautiful. I mean, the other ones are beautiful too, don't get me wrong. But just, you know, for me personally, I'm just digging Chelsea with her shaved head and her beautiful dress. I, I'm always here for the girls who are like, so beautiful, but also like seem very like real. MJ seemed so fun, like with, with the messing up the car thing or whatever, like some girls would have cried about that, like for real. And she was like, oh my God, like it was so awkward, but it like wasn't, like it was so cute and just like, a standout thing to do the pizza thing was like smart and also cute like it didn't bother me I didn't feel like okay she's doing the most it was just like a cute thing so we get we get Kylie who comes in lingerie with two dresses on a rack and asks Matt to pick which one now here's the thing if I had the confidence in my body to wear lingerie on national television like I would do it all the power to Kylie that being said I don't know that if I were on this show, I would only want to be remembered as the girl who came out in her lingerie on night one. Like, I feel like it would be cute if maybe she had worn a slip and had him pick the dress. Like the lingerie was a little much just because I think it put a target on her back with all the other women because women are insecure and they see a woman who's confident in their body and they're like, like a lot of people do bits where I'm like I don't know if I would want to be remembered as that girl the only exception being Jojo Fletcher who came out with like a dinosaur head on in Ben Higgins season and we've all forgotten about it because she's an icon so sometimes it works I did write down her name because I knew I would forget it her name is Katie Katie the dildo girl so she has this cute bit she comes out with a dildo says it was her friend in quarantine whatever Matt clearly liked it and thought it was funny and creative whatever And then he says one of my favorite things in the episode as she walks away, he's like, oh my God, it looked like a lightsaber. So funny. I thought that bit was funny, but then she kept bringing up the bit and that was her whole bit. Like that was her personality. And I was like, see, that's not what I would want my legacy to be. Bringing it was fine. It didn't bother me at all. It was the afterwards, like making that your personality. If you're going to do a bit in your limo entrance, like Jojo with the dinosaur head, the second she started talking to Ben, she took it off and put it away. Like you don't let it carry on through the entire night. And like, there was, I have never felt such secondhand embarrassment in my life than when Mari was trying to talk about her family surviving a hurricane in Puerto Rico and Katie tapping her on the fucking shoulder with a vibrator. Uh, Yeah. I was like, I'm panicked because I also don't think the intention, Katie's intention was to be rude at all I just think she it was just horrible timing but then Mari was like really pissed and I was like oh fuck I would not want to be Katie right now but yeah it's like MJ brought pizza but then the rest of the night she wasn't like pizza 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 like that was like the bit died I just think that sentence like the sentence I just uttered Mari was talking about her family in Puerto Rico surviving a hurricane and she was interrupted by being tapped on the shoulder with a sparkly dildo That sums up this entire franchise. Out of context, people are like, this is why we think that show sucks. They're right. Certain first night bits, really, I I get them. I think they're funny. Like Kayla's thing with the sweet tea in the truck. Like that was cute. Like they're both from North Carolina. That was cute. But some people just take it too far. Have you ever thought about that? Like what you would do as your limo entrance if you were on the show? Yeah, I I um thought about it when I wanted to be on Matt James season. I'm I'm not better at all. I just think about it every day. It was something about me doing a backflip, but not doing it, like talking about doing a backflip and him being like, oh my God, can you do a backflip? And me being like, no, absolutely not. I would break my neck. That's why I didn't do it. <laughs> and then like something, just making a joke. I don't think I would bring anything. I don't think I would dress as anything. I guess it depends who the guy was. Like if it was a guy that I felt like, oh, I know him from this season. I know he likes this or whatever. Oh my God. Like the six women that brought Peter wings, like pilot wings. 
speaking of Pilot P and the fact that we we kind of touched on it, but Matt James did lead off the night of talking to the women with a prayer, which was beautiful. I mean, it was a beautiful prayer and it clearly resonated with a lot of the women. But that leads me to Madison Pruitt. First applied to be on The Bachelor, to be on Uber Christian Colton Underwood season. She was too young. They didn't pick her. So then she gets cast on Fucks in a Windmill Pilot Pete season which she clearly was the wrong fit for. Like maybe I would have been the right fit for, but like she was the wrong fit for. And then immediately after is Christian Matt James leading the whole thing with a prayer. Like her values would have aligned perfectly with both before and after who she had. And she got fucks in a windmill pilot Pete. And she like ultimately won, but lost because she got so severely bullied by his mom. So I just like- Matt James' mom, perfect angel. Barb could never. Barb could never. If if Matt James' mom goes Barb on us, I will eat my big toe on my left foot. She seems like a sweet angel and sweet nums, sweet nums, Barb scares me. So anyway, yeah, she really missed her window. Madison Pruitt really, really missed her window here. Colton is like just her alley of crazy. Like, I feel like they truly would have been a match made in heaven and she's hot. So Matt James probably would have liked her too, but alas, she got Pilot Pete. She really, every woman on Pilot Pete season really got wronged. They got so wronged. The next person of note is Kit. Kit is 21 years old. She bears a striking resemblance to the actress from The Queen's Gambit. Her like Archon job title was fashion entrepreneur or something like that and she wore a frilly dress with brown buckle boots she looked like an ad for jc penny kids but allegedly she works in fashion and it's even more disturbing when you learn that her mother is cynthia rowley who is a famous designer the whole thing was disturbing the brown buckle boots i simply could not the dress on its own with heels i wouldn't have loved but it would have been fine but the the brown buckle boots. She gave him a snow globe later in the night. And my note was snow globe girl is a no. What's her name? Kit? Who cares? Well, that's, that's all we need to know. I think the snow globe coming from anybody else's vibe would have been fine, but her vibe was just so off. But basically the snow globe was just that she is a New Yorker. She's a native New Yorker. Matt has lived in New York for the last three years. So she brought him a snow globe of New York. Again, coming from anybody else would have been cute. Would have been great. I mean, good idea. One that I wish I had come up with and gone on this season and done. Before we get to the MVP of the night, Abigail, um, I just want to touch on Katie, which again is dildo girl. She bears a striking resemblance to Christina Schulman for me. Yes, me too. Like they look identical. When she got out, I literally was like, is Christina Schulman here? Like what is going on? And I like Christina, but. I like Christina too, except for when she went on Paradise the second time and she was a part of all the Blake Hortzman drama because Blake Hortzman was just like so clearly in the wrong in that situation. And she was just like, not being a girl who was here for other girls. Like she was, she was kind of a monster, but you know what? We've all been digmatized before and I get it and I'll let it go. Anyway, so now we get to absolute sweet angel. Like, I just want to put her in my pocket. She's so damn cute. Abigail, who is Bachelor Nation's first deaf contestant. She was nervous because this is typically something that she's nervous to present when she's dating. And she knows that she talks kind of different and stuff like that because she has a hearing disability and she wanted to address it with Matt as soon as she got out of the limo. So that way he wouldn't think that she was just talking weird or whatever. Obviously Matt being 
the dream man was totally accepting and loving towards her and they have a really beautiful conversation and she is so genuinely shocked that he is so interested in her which uh, like broke my heart but also just like made me so happy because like she's so freaking cute I can't she's angelic like and she talks about like her family and her sister is also deaf and like having like that experience and it was just like really cute and beautiful and it wasn't like sometimes girls come on the first night and they're just like really bearing it all and you're like what but like this is like so her story and she wants you know of course wants to tell it and it's like beautiful I mean she's just excellent right I know I think some of the girls that come on like bearing their soul on night one are doing it for screen time and are doing it for attention but I think the difference with Abigail is like this clearly does affect her day to day like she does talk a little bit differently than the other girls do. And she does, like she said that when she takes her hearing aid out, like she can't hear at all. Like she is a hundred percent deaf. And so this is clearly something that affects her minute to minute. And it was important that he know about it right off the bat. And she talked about it very beautifully. There are always cut kisses from night one. Like oftentimes after the season, contestants will be like, yeah, me and -and so-and-so kissed night one, but it didn't air. As far as we know, just based on the episode, she was the only person that he like went for it and kissed. As far as we know, it was the first person he wanted to kiss because the other one was the girl with the spaghetti noodle who, that she made them, Lady oh in the Tramp, God. and like made them kiss. And I was like, oh no. But he wanted to kiss Abigail. And so he did. And it was so cute. Oh my God. It was like, <laughs> I always hate the ones who come out and they're like, can I be the first kiss or whatever? And you're like, no, no. <laughs> We find out that Abigail is the first impression rose, uh, despite the fact that 900 other girls thought they were the first impression rose. But I do kind of think that that is a testament to Matt and his ability to make everybody feel comfortable. He kind of has the same energy that Tasha has. When he talks to people, it just feels very warm and inviting. And it clearly seems like a lot of women felt like they made significant connections with him which like we didn't get at all like last season with Peter like he was the most awkward person for anyone to talk to and he made out with everybody (laughs) of course every girl on Peter's season thought they were getting the first impression rose all 30 of them made out with him (laughs) like literally and we get bachelors like that all the time too especially we used to more even Colton who just say nothing and you're like why are people into you but Matt James is very personable, talks to everyone, like really got to know a good amount of people. Maybe not everyone, but like- Well, he talked to less people than I think that some of the leads do. But again, it's because they were having more meaningful conversation. Like if if the guy, if the lead talks to almost everybody there, it means that their conversations were three minutes long versus like Matt was having like in-depth conversations with people. But before we get to the rose ceremony, I do want to touch on Queen Victoria. She is absolutely- horrendous and I don't even know I don't even think it's that she's getting a bad edit I just think she's annoying no she came on knowing that she was going to be the annoying one she knew that she was going to be the villain and that's frankly what she wanted like I don't think this is an edit she knows exactly what she's doing she came in was like I'm Queen Victoria you're King Matt and first of all like Wells put on Wells Adams put on his story and he was like why wouldn't you say King James King Matt is not a person King James is a person (laughs) so furious she's like okay my king and she like flounces up falls on her way into the resort and you're like great things are going well for her and she goes in and it's just like she immediately starts making enemies like the girls up until she arrives honestly were looking out of the window watching everyone arrive pretty much were like in good spirits were very like oh my god that's funny 
like very like laughing with each other, like not threatened or mad by any of the limo entrances, really. Like they were all like, oh my God, that's a cute idea or whatever, with the exception of maybe Kylie. But like even the dildo, even Katie with the dildo, they were like, oh my God, it's a dildo. Like most of them like laughed. Victoria arrives and it's like immediate enemy making, just instant. She just like, like you were saying, like this is obviously something that she has chosen to do. But the whole like, Queen Victoria, King Matt thing. That is my least favorite like relationship thing. Like when I even just regular people, when I see that on Instagram, like my queen or like my king, like lock emoji. I'm always like, oh my God. Even princess, my little princess. Ew, she's not your daughter. She's your girlfriend. Get the fuck <laughs> right, like, out. It's, it's cute when like men call their daughters their princess. Like every queen needs her king. Like Queen Elizabeth has been doing fine for a long ass time. For some reason, like, Demi would always be like Queen Demi or whatever. And it didn't bother me because she wasn't doing it in this way where she was threatening the other girls or like being like, my king, my king. Like, cause she made it all about Matt being her king. And I was like, this is so icky. And he's not your boyfriend. You met him 30 seconds ago. Stop it. She comes in, makes a bunch of enemies. She pulls him away twice when some girls haven't talked to him at all. It's so rude. She's trying to give advice to other girls. She's like, claim him, go talk to him. Like assert your time. My favorite was when she goes, you're in marketing, market yourself to Matt. I was like, oh my God. And also, as we know from watching this show for so many godforsaken years, there is a a way that night one works that you can't just talk to the lead. You have to be given permission by producers to go talk to the lead and they will do it in a way that's dramatic. So if they see a shy, meek girl that they can take advantage of and not have her talk to him right away and stress her out, then they're going to send in the Victorias more than once because they're bold and they're talkative and whatever. So it's like these girls that are saying that they didn't get time with him and everyone's like, well, then go get your time. Like, it's not necessarily that easy. Like you have to literally be given permission because they have shots set up. So you can't walk in the middle of it. What I wanted to say about Serena C, you know, when they're doing the rose ceremony, they do those cutaway clips of people waiting for roses, talking to the camera and stuff. And she said something that I was actually shocked was not brought up during Tasha's season or Matt's yet. She was like, I took four COVID tests for this. I quarantined for two weeks for this. Like, There is so much more work that has gone in for these contestants than there have been in previous seasons because they've had to give up even more time than they normally do just to go through the quarantine period, plus all the the testing and the isolating and all of that to make it possible. So the stakes are higher than they normally are. So I kind of liked that she touched on that because I was surprised that nobody in the past two seasons has. So we go to the rose ceremony and not that it matters because we just met these people and we don't know any of their names, but the roses go to Brie, Rachel, Chelsea, the beautiful runway model, Sarah, who I believe is the one that said her dad has ALS, right? I think so. That's her. Yeah. MJ, Serena P, Kayla, Kristen, Kit, Maggie, Piper, Mari, Eliana, Kylie, Marilee, Serena C, Lauren, Sydney, Elena, Katie, Anna. And then finally, the last rose goes to Victoria, which my roommate used to watch this show like way back in the day and he hasn't in years and he watched it with me last night and right as they're about to give the last rose I was like it's gonna go to Victoria because the producers are making him and he was like no way that girl and then Matt goes Victoria and I was like there there it is (laughs) thank you thank you I would like my compensation now for being the bachelor psychic
you may have noticed as soon as this episode dropped, we posted the giveaway on our Instagram. So you can go find all of the rules over there on our Instagram account at don't insult my podcast. But just in case, Kayla, would you tell us the rules, please? Of course I can. So the first rule is that you must be following us and all the vendors. So when I say us, I do just mean the podcast page at don't insult my podcast. But if you're just like really looking to boost mine and Emily's ego, it will not hurt your chances to also follow us personally on Instagram. That's just us being thirsty. You only have to follow the podcast as well as all the vendors, which we will be listing in the Instagram post. So you can just click right through and follow them all, but you have to be following them all in order to win. Two, you have to like the post. So when you see the post on your feed, give it a quick like. Number three, you have to tag two friends in the comments. If you are a Bachelor fan and you listen to this podcast, I guarantee you have two friends who watch The Bachelor. Tag them in the comments. And once you do all three of those things, again, following us and all of our vendors who are tagged in the post, two, like the post, and three, tag two friends in the comments. Once you do all of those things, you are entered to win. Plus, 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 if you are so inclined, you can share the post on your story and tag us at Don't Insult My Podcast for 10 extra entries. So you know what? That really raises the stakes here, really raises your chances. So I would recommend doing it. So thank you so much. And I hope you all will enter this giveaway. The items are so amazing. We're so thankful for our small businesses for partnering with us on this and for letting us shout them out throughout all of last season. And we're so excited to get this new season started with Matt James. And then we see a preview for the rest of the season. It all looks good. The girls look cute. Matt James looks great. The big takeaway here is that at some point, girls are going to be introduced a la Tasha's season that we're not there night one, that we don't know who they are. But we also see a cut clip that Heather from Colton's season will be making an appearance, which has happened in seasons past. Like Becca Tilly was Chris Soule's runner up, and then she was on Ben Higgins' season as well. It's happened a few times. That being said, I think the reason the Heather thing is interesting is because Heather's not random. She's random to us because she was just kind of a random girl on Colton season, but we got to follow the, the trajectory here. So Matt is Tyler Cameron's best friend. Tyler Cameron introduced him to Hannah Brown. Heather is Hannah Brown's best friend. So the likelihood is that Heather and Tyler and Matt and all of them have hung out before or at the very least know about each other and stuff like that. So Heather coming in, I think, is a little bit stakes higher than, like, Becca Tilly coming to Ben's season. Yeah, because they probably have met and they probably know each other or have interacted, like, somehow. It does make sense that she would see enough of a connection there to come because they're both clearly very religious. They have a pre-existing friend group. So, like, they're, I think it makes sense that she's coming, but people are obviously pissed about it. Yeah, obviously the girls are going to be really mad, rightfully, because it's like, okay, what? (laughs) But they always do this. They're always like, how do we, how do, how do we, we shake it up 25 seasons in? Yeah. So we see that preview and everyone rolls their eyes and they're like, oh, the producers are being annoying. Shocking. So then we get into Bachelor Nation news, which oh, a fucking lot happened this week. And I think we're going to start with the most recent, which is that Pilot Pete and Kelly are broken up after like nine months of dating or whatever. Yeah. So on New Year's Eve, I was hanging out with my family. 
And my dad so dramatically goes, Pilot Pete and Kelly broke up. He doesn't watch the show. He doesn't know who these people are, but he's the one who told me <laughs> that Pilot Pete and Kelly broke up. And I was like, thank you so much. And then I went and checked. Sure enough, he has posted, Peter has posted that they broke up. Kelly has as well now. This is especially surprising. It's not really surprising when bachelor couples break up just because the foundation of the show is weird. But this one was surprising to me because Pilot Pete is a messy bitch who lives for drama. And he had like two winners. He didn't end up with either of them. And then he started dating Kelly, who was his fifth place runner up. They connected at the beginning of quarantine. They started dating. Their relationship went like zero to 60. Like they were basically already married. She was based in Chicago. He was based in LA, but he was moving to New York. Pilot Pete, as mentioned, is a pilot. And he was changing his home airport to like JFK or whatever. I mean, hopefully not LaGuardia if he has any taste, but actually it would make perfect sense for Pilot Pete to request LaGuardia. Yeah. That makes all the sense in the world. (laughs) This is why we don't trust you. So they were making the move to New York together and Kelly, as of like the 23rd of December, was posting her like packed Chicago apartment and like posting Instagram polls of like what furniture she should get for hers and Peter's bedroom. And then like, on New Year's Eve, five days later, he posts that they are broken up. So there's a lot of speculation on the internet. Some people say he cheated. Some people say that she was ready to get married and he wasn't. There's a lot of speculation. I don't know what's true. Kelly is a beautiful, stunning, smart lawyer, like badass, like so fucking wonderful. And she just like, she's so powerful that she made me like Peter again. Which is hard to do because I fucking hated Peter when the season ended. And when they started dating, I was like, oh, like, I want good things for Kelly. But no, now that it's over, Kelly, there are so many other wonderful men in Bachelor Nation for Kelly. And if she wants to date outside Bachelor Nation, which would be smart for her, there are wonderful men there too. And then the other breakup was Carly and Evan, who were like one of the OG paradise couples. They've been married for like four years and they have two kids. This was shocking just because like everyone who goes on paradise is like, I want to be like Jade and Tanner and Carly and Evan. Like it, like Carly and Evan is like the bachelor success story, especially because she didn't like him at first. And so it was this whole big cute thing. And now they have two kids and it actually really is sad because their youngest kid is like under a year old. So I do feel very sad for them. But what's shocking is that Carly was 100% out of Evans League. But it's according to Carly's YouTube video that she posted, it is Evan that requested the divorce and filed for it. I just, where did men, where did men get the audacity is my question um, of the week, honestly. Where did they find it? Who gave it to them? Whoever gave it to them, you reclaim it, take it back. This always happens with guys who like, the girl is so out of their league and they're like, ah, like, who do you think you are? What do you think you look like? Who do you, what do you think you act like? What do you think your personality is? Can guarantee it's not as good as you think it is. (laughs) When the divorce got announced, Evan's ex-wife did an interview with Reality Steve, always with Reality Steve. She said that to her knowledge, her, well, her and Evan are actually still decently close because Evan does have children from his marriage with her. So they co-parent their children. So she has maintained a relationship with him because she has to. And according to her interview with Reality Steve, 
Carly and Evan have been living in separate houses since before their youngest child was born. And they are just now choosing to announce it, which actually does line up because Reality Steve in November of 2019 posted tweets that a beloved Bachelor Nation couple was actually divorced and that they were waiting to announce it. So that doesn't line up with what Carly is saying. So I don't know what's true, but either way, sucks. Sad. Sad, sad, sad. I mean, everybody's either getting divorced or they're pregnant. So there's a lot of people that are pregnant. Tasha and Zach have been in New York. They seem very happy. We're very happy for them. They're the one couple to come out of this show that has never once annoyed me so far on social media because even like Kaylin and Dean, who I love, sometimes I'm like, okay, I get it. You jump out of planes and you live in a van. Like, okay, I get it. <laughs> look at look at him and our dog. Like, look at him and Pappy. Like, like you know, like, <laughs> like and, and like Lauren and Ari, like they're cute, but they're like, look at our YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, our YouTube channel. And I want to gouge my eyes out. Like I already watched a whole season of you boring people. I don't need to watch your YouTube channel. They're very cute and they seem very happy, but I don't need more of them. Tasha and Zach are like perfect. They have like one or two posts together. They occasionally post cute stories together. They spent the holidays together. Like so cute. I love it. They're very like quietly happy, which I trust so much. And like, they, like they went on, um, bachelor happy hour and like Rachel was talking about, she was like, Zach, you remind me of my husband. And honestly, like it's very similar vibes where I just feel like they're just happy and they don't need to like constantly be like, look, 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 look how happy we are. Look how happy we are. We're having such a good time. Especially there's a pressure when you first get off the show to be like, we're doing great. And like, they haven't felt that at all. And, or at least seemingly they haven't. And it's just been like, they're just, they're just doing their thing. And I love it for them, but you know, never speak too soon because someone always ends up annoying me. Right. And that's just the way of the world folks. <laughs> so That's the bachelor. So that's it. That's all she wrote. That being said, we've already talked about it twice, but make sure you head on over to our Instagram, follow the rules to enter our giveaway. The post is up, go like it, go do the thing, enter the giveaway, win the stuff. And while you're just feeling so inclined, go leave us a review. Go leave us a positive review only if you enjoyed what you heard or if you didn't enjoy what you heard, um, still leave a positive review. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode of the new season, The Matchelor. Cheers to The Matchelor.